Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less-than-stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes, maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the KG Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. For those who are new to the show, welcome. And for those returning, welcome back. Now, typically I interview a guest and there's times I come on where I share what I'm seeing and, and my insights. And uh, today's one of those days where we're going to have a solo podcast. And what I want to talk to you about, and it's not that it's more important now as we're in Q4, because I think this is something that's foundational in sales. And it really is conducting an effective discovery. And typically what I see happen is sales reps are pitching their product and they're going through the features and every bell and whistle it has. And the discovery is really just, you're always discovering first. So it's not just one stage. You're always trying to uncover, learn more about your prospects, ask questions, um, create awareness for them to consider the way in which they're doing business or just come at it from another angle and, and get some ahas and some different insights. That's, that's a winning strategy there. But, you know, I kind of can't blame the sales reps because what I've seen in companies and what I was experienced myself when I was in corporate is you get overwhelming amount of product knowledge and product training when there's a launch. And so rarely do I see a use case. So what was a customer that you're going after? So a target account, what were they doing before? How are they getting the job done before? And really associating emotions with that. So frustration, overwhelm. And what was the impact to, of doing it that manual, that tedious, that black and, and white picture view? What was the impact to them? What was the impact to the organization? And without impact, it's very easy for them to stay on the surface and, and realize or, or think that it's not that big of a problem. So our job is really to get to the root, uh, the root cause, not a symptom. In order to do that, we have to ask them questions and we have to uncover what's going on. And so today I want to talk to three areas of the discovery that we can put into practice immediately. And I would say the first one is just remove any inkling you have to pitch. So whether you have to put him, you know, hit the mute button, have a bracelet and slap it or, or something, but it's not the time to pitch. We don't, it, we're pitching. What are we, what are we pitching against? What are we trying to solve? What, what do we think our solution can do when we don't know what their problem is? So the first thing is we really want to understand the problem. And again, this is where we have to be problem centric versus product centric, because if you lead with your product, you're instantly going to be commoditized and they're just going to get a spreadsheet out. They're going to compare you across the board and it's going to be basically who's got the, the lowest price and you never want to do that. So we want to uncover what problems does our product solve for? And so the first area is what problems do they have? And I think the stat now is 3% of prospects are in buy mode. So if we're outbound prospecting, we're reaching out to a prospect Chances are they're not expecting our call. They're not thinking that they have a problem and, oh, I hope someone calls me with a solution. They're 
they're in the weeds or getting their, you know, their day-to-day stuff done. We're interrupting them. And if we can interrupt them and get them to scratch their head and reconsider the way in which they're doing the job, that that's a win. Okay. So we want to present new information, new insights, but we definitely want to be dealing with the problem. So that's the first one. And I would say what I hear when I do call recordings is someone will say, yeah, you know, we're struggling with, um, velocity of our sales cycle. You know, we're, we're just elongating them and it's not going as quick as we wanted to based on the metrics and based on what we've seen the team do in the past. And then the rep just jumps to solution mode and they're like, oh, well, we have that. And so I would invite you to just sit in that moment. So once they say the challenge, this is when we want to get, that's, la- that's the first layer. We need to get two and three layers beneath that to unroot why this challenge is happening And more importantly, what is this challenge doing? So it's, think about a house and we're, we're at the hardwood level floor. We want to go to the concrete level and we want to get to the foundation because when we can disrupt the foundation, there's a lot of stuff that can, that, that, that has impact around it. Okay. All levels of the house, the inside, the outside, water can get in, um, all these things. So we really want to get to the root and to do that. We can't jump at a solution the minute they say their problem. So we ask impact questions. Okay. And and the second thing I, I hear people say is when someone says they have a, pro- a problem or a challenge, they say, oh, great. <laughs> it's not great. This is costing your prospects some money or it's there's frustration, there's churn, there's, there's a negative impact. But what we're doing is we're projecting great because we have the solution and we're thinking, oh, well, no, we can make some money off these guys. And they feel that. So interesting. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about it? You know, what, what are your expected velocity rates here? Okay. Um, how have you met, how are you measuring velocity? You know, what does good look like? So when you're, when you're not achieving your, your status, what happens? What happens to the reps? Okay. What happens to the department? What about you as their manager? You know, what, what KPR, what metric does this impact for you? Okay. And how are you measured? And so really get the full picture of what this means. And sometimes what you'll find out is it means nothing. It's not a big enough problem to solve. And that's okay too, because wouldn't you rather know that upfront than invest all your time, start aligning resources to a problem that is not worth solving, or the results are so minute that it's not worth going through the change or bringing in your resources. So that's the whole point is saying, is this the right, is this problem worth solving? And the only way is to know first that you're dealing with a problem not a symptom. So we really want to get to the root cause. So the first area in summary is make sure we're tackling the problem. Okay. And beyond the problem, we're getting to impact. So we're not just throwing our solution right away. We're getting second and third level questions. That's going to allow us to see, does this impact other departments? Um, what happens if we don't solve this problem? So really the cost of inactivity and um, get the full picture. So you can leave this meeting and, and have an understanding, is this worth solving or not? Okay. The second one, and this is rarely done. And I can say that in corporate, we did this a lot because we worked very complex deals, enterprise deals, and there was like 10 to 13 players involved. And so we didn't, we didn't do it initially, but we got burned enough times that we learned to do this, but we really wanted to ensure, okay, we've identified the problem. We've got to beneath the surface. We know the impact. We've got some emotion elicited. It's frustrating. They can't do this. When this happens, it prevents them from doing this. We want to get some emotion happening. But then we need to realize 
out of this committee or this group of nine to 12 people, you all agreed that this is the top problem we're solving. Because in my old role, we would deal with um, hospitals buying committee. And so we might have the head of anesthesia, we might have head of pharmacy, and we might have the head of nursing. And nursing, this could be their number one problem. And anesthesia, it could be number five. And pharmacy, it could be number seven. And so here we are running back to our whiteboard, our spreadsheet, getting everything done, um, aligning resources, getting all excited, getting happy years, realizing that this is not an opportunity that's going to pan out anywhere because we have not got alignment from the customer standpoint. And oftentimes when you look, if you are committee-based or if you have three or four players, they, they didn't sign up to be part of this purchase agreement or the, the, the selection team. Most likely they were tasked to do it. Oftentimes they don't want to be there. So they have competing priorities. Um, they have competing budgets. And so we have to be the, the quarterback to help them navigate internally. And so we have to, if they've shared problems or we've shared a problem that others are facing and they agree with it, is this everyone's number one problem? And if we don't ask this, we run the risk of the deal stalling down the, down the road, okay? So we definitely want to make sure, is this problem a, a number one problem for everybody? And if it's not, we have some homework to do. We have to understand for those who are not, you know, what are the, their, their higher priorities and how can we make ours higher? So if we're one with one person, it's a first level priority, and maybe we're three with someone else and a four with someone else, how can we bring those other two players up to a one? And I can share in my experience working in healthcare, because again, you know, pharmacy is looking at one thing, um, anesthesia is looking at something else, and nursing is looking at something else. And so th the weights are going to be different. And so think in your world, if you have, you know, legal, if you have IT, if you have risk, whoever you have involved, we need to understand, you know, how is this problem fit into their world? Is there bigger priorities? And how can you find that common thread that impacts all of them? So that's the first thing. What's the common thread? And how can we elevate it for those who, where this is not a number one? And an example I had back in my days, and this was in 2005, and so some of you... <laughs> I don't know what you were doing back then, but you might not have been selling. But in 2005, we were part of a buying committee. And the one common denominator that elevated our solution to a universal yes was we were selling, at the time, safety software for infusion pumps. And when we dug through the data, what we realized was there was a death. There was a patient death. And... It, it was preventable, but the fact that they didn't have a software that, that alerted the clinician to let her or him know that if you go ahead with this, you're going to kill the, you're going to, you know, there's, there's a, there's a fatality on the other end. And so it was preventable. And so that was the compelling reason. That was the smoking gun. I know that sounds awful, but, and that was huge. But you might not have something so glaring, so measurable, so obvious. So how can you get problem alignment where it impacts everyone in the same, um, in, in the committee that invites them to bring it to number one? And chances are you're not going to get everyone at number one at the same time, okay? And again, here's another indicator. This is all going through the qualification that 
you might get someone who's never going to budge. And that means that until this, there's a change in resources, this deal isn't going to go. And I've had that too. And the minute that person leaves, all of a sudden we have movement again. So a few things might happen. Somebody is not willing to budge. Um, and, and also at this point, you can have your internal champion. So your one and two players to do some mobilizing, some influencing from the inside, uh, inside selling. But again, if we don't have problem alignment and we don't ask that question, we run the risk of trying to advance, advance, advance. And we're going to get people that might go along or they might not be privy or not reading the, the emails. And at the very end, when we're looking for sign-off, we're not going to get it. And we've invested so much time, money, and resources. So my whole thing is, wouldn't you rather know earlier on that this is never going to go anywhere than invest six months to come to that same outcome? Okay. And so just quick summary. So the first one, we definitely want to be dealing with the problem, but beneath that, the impact of the problem. The second one is we want to make sure that from the customer standpoint, there is an alignment that this is the problem out of all the problems that we want to solve. Okay. We have different players, different perspectives, different budgets are measured different. How can we gain consensus that everyone want agrees that this is where we need to place our money, our time and our efforts. Okay. And the third one is how do we find out the cost of this problem? Okay. Again, this is taking that second one and saying, okay, we've got agreement on everything, but is this the right problem to solve? Like, does it have reach into other areas that are really, it's got legs and it's infiltrating other departments, it's bleeding over, or it has the impact too. So we really want to know what's the cost of the problem? What's the size of the problem? And this is when a lot of sales leaders are having, you know, coaching calls or, or deal reviews with their team. And they're not asking this, well, we need to understand, like, what are we dealing with here? Is this a little small fish that doesn't need anything and there's no change management uh, required? And it's easy for them to not get invested, not get behind it, because in the customer's eyes are thinking, this is so minute, like we don't even need to do this. So what is the cost of the problem? And in order to do this, we, you know, when you talk about the art and science of sales, the art really is how can we get the prospects to think that it was their idea? this, this aha, this light bulb moment to come at the problem from a different way or to, to propose some form of solution or, or have an aha. And so what we can do is we can tee up a question or tee up or prompt them with a thought that's going to get things percolating, prime their brain that they come up with the solution. And that's the tricky part. That's where the art is because we know the answer and it's so easy for us to tell them. But if we do that, we've made it about us and we've denied them the opportunity to come to awareness, to have this aha, this self-realization. And the challenge is when we, when we let them do that, they're so happy. They're so proud of themselves. They actually want to do something with it. They want to carry this idea to fruition and, and be part of the change, be part of the solution. So we have to prompt a thought, prompt an idea, share an insight, ask a question that's going to get them thinking. And what I always say is make the visible, make the invisible visible. So how do we do that? How do we pull back the curtain without them thinking we're trying to expose them? And so think about your audience. Think about what metrics, what information do you need that's going to show you, yeah, when I add all this up, it's going to give me the size of the problem. So, you know, if you're selling legal services, 
you want to know what is the impact of say you're say you're responding to RFPs and you get to the part in the RFP where the legal T's and C's have to come into play. And so you can say how many RFPs have we lost or have we stalled due to the time that it's co- that it's taken us to engage with legal. So something along those lines if they're going to say well this is the amount of hours we know the billable hours and we've lost seven out of the 10 RFPs. Okay, well, what were the value of those RFPs? What was the time came in? And you can add that up. So when you're coming to the table, you can say, okay, so here's the problem. You all agree this is the number one problem. And this is actually, based on what you shared with me, you know, it looks like it's a $45 million problem. That's a big problem. Okay. Another example is, you know, if you're selling to sales teams, And you want to know, you know, either no show of meetings, you know, CRM activity, conversions after a demo, things like that. You can measure. Well, what was the the uh, what was the uh, deal? The average deal size? What was the value of that? You know, how many how many did we lose? Okay, well, there's there's an approximation. Okay, if it's a CRM and there's been no activity for 15 days, 30 days. Okay, well, what was on how many accounts did that occur in? Okay, and what were those opportunities valued at? Okay, so 15 times the value of that or 30 times the value of that. This problem that you don't feel is that big is actually, you know, a $60 million problem based on, you know, your average deal size and what's been noted in the CRM. So it's a way for us to quantify that. And all of a sudden there's weight attached to it. And when they can see that themselves, and what I would also do is invite your prospect to go do that homework, to go run those numbers, because there's um, there's a real light bulb moment when they have to come back and they have to share what it's costing them. And I'm not saying there's shame there, but they're looking and they're saying, wow, there's got to be an easier way here. We, we shouldn't have to go through all this and looking at these missed opportunities. You know, that's the uh, not a good feeling to have. So how many of us are doing that? I don't know how many are really doing any of these three things. And so the purpose today is really to remind us that we need to be detectives. We need to go in there and we need to sniff around and we need to lead with curiosity. And people think, well, what if I'm really pushy? Well, you're not pushy. You're trying to determine if it makes sense to work together, if the problem is big enough, if we all agree on the problem to see if, you know, nobody wants to waste time. The prospect's not willing to give up time either if this is not a good use of it. So first one is, are we dealing with the problem or the product? Once we know we're dealing with a problem, what's the impact of the problem? Okay, so what is this problem not allowing? What, what can't they do as a result of that? What happens if they don't solve the problem? Okay, what's the cost of inactivity? Um, what other areas or departments is this pro- does this problem bleed into? Okay, on an organizational level, one of your key corporate objectives, you know, does this deny you or prevent you from achieving one of them. Okay, that's huge. So definitely the problem. The next one is, do we all agree that this is the number one problem, that this is the problem we have to be solving? Okay, this will bite you in the butt if you don't get this one. Okay, and I've been here. I've been here many times earlier in my career. I've learned, I learned the hard way. But um, we get so excited and we get the happy years turned on loud and we don't ask this question because part of it is like, if it's not agreement, we don't want to hear that. Okay. And the third one is we got to know the size of the problem. We have to know the cost of the problem and the size of the problem to see, okay, we're This is a six month implementation pro, um, program. There's going to be resources aligned. There's going to be change management. 
is it worth us to go through all this for something that's going to yield us, you know, a 5% increase in whatever we're measuring? And it might not be. Okay, so we, we, we need to make sure the size of the problem and we need to get information from the prospect to quantify the size of the problem. So whatever metric they're using that we need, we can ask those questions. So can you give me an idea of how many opportunities are not being updated um, in Salesforce or, or how long is there inactivity with the prospect in your, in your opportunities in, in your CRM? Okay. How many deals do you lose where you don't have the implementation resources? Okay. So things like that, that you can measure. Okay. We've seen how many deals we've lost as a result of that. Um, and those deals were valued at this much. Okay. So I can, I can get an estimate of what this problem is causing me. Um, and it makes it for an easier sale. So in summary, make sure you're dealing with the problem, make sure we got problem alignment and make sure we know the size of the problem. So I would urge you to just ensure when you are dealing with your prospects that you're putting these front and center, not a time to pitch. It really is a time to put on our, our detective lens, get curious, understand how they're getting the job done today so we can determine if it makes sense to work together. Like always, if you put any of this into practice and you yielded some great results, please let us know. If you haven't um, downloaded or subscribed to the podcast, we invite you to do so. And we're always looking for more reviews, letting us know how we're doing. So I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you all doing that. Thanks for listening, folks. And we'll see you next time.